Sharon is my friend, and you yeah. better not hurt her. What, hurt her? Hurt her? I am crazy about her. <laughs> I never felt this way before. You know, on my way to work, all these songs on the radio suddenly made sense to me. <laughs> Have you ever listened to the words to Time in a Bottle? <laughs> it is so beautiful, man, I had to pull over. <laughs> you know what? I gotta call her. No, wait, no, I gotta play hard to get. But I miss the sound of her voice. I'm calling her. No, wait, it's too needy. Chicks hate that. I shouldn't call it. <laughs> but I want to. And that's Bulldog on Frasier. He's obviously in a courtship stage of relationships. And what happens to romance, to intimacy, over the whole course of a lifetime? With me to discuss this is Dr. Tiffany Kistler. She's an assistant professor of couple and family therapy at the University of Rhode Island. Dr. Kistler teaches courses in couple and family relationships and in sexuality and sex therapy. And she's also the co-founder and Clinical Director of the Center for Sexual Health in Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome, Dr. Kissler. Thank you for having me. So let's follow a couple who dates, marries, has children, and then retires together as empty nesters. And we know there are variations. There are single parents and there are partners, but let's take a typical situation. Okay, so if you think about the the courtship stage, initially this is experienced as a pretty high and exciting time, as you just heard in the in the Fraser clip. Novelty and romance is really present in this time, and it's it's characterized as what we call tuning in. So here people are talking, they're learning, and they're really responding to one another. Um, this can make things very exciting. Um, desire and arousal patterns can be much higher than they will be at later points in time. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> okay, so, and what are the, the, those are the wonderful parts, that exciting, that exhilarating feeling that Bulldog had or that any of us have had in the courtship stage, and I love the phrase tuning in. Are there any difficulties at the courtship stage? Well, in the courtship stage, some difficulties are negotiating your expectations for the relationship, um, bringing in expectations from your family of origin, uh, considering influences of media, uh, friends, past relationship experiences. You're just learning about each other here. Right. So you're, you're, you don't really know about the person yet. You're drawing a lot from your history and pulling that in. Right. So partly you could be blindsided. You could, yeah. you could uh, think that this is absolutely... Absolutely fabulous, and I'm sure everybody's felt that at, at one time or another. And then you find out a detail or two that makes it less fabulous. But yeah. let's 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 not go it's that illusion. route. <laughs> let's assume that this is that the courtship works wonderfully, and now the couple decides to get married. And what happens then? What are the uh, difficulties they might encounter, and what are some solutions? Okay, so here as they're moving into uh, out of the courtship stage into marriage or maybe long-term partnering, we see that habituation starts to set in. And some of the novelty that was originally exciting and, and kind of propelled that high feeling starts to dissipate. And we look at this stage as um, focusing in on some of the business of living. So the stressors of daily life are setting in. What once attracted you to your partner might become an annoyance. Um, at this stage, sometimes couples start to feel um, less sexy with each other and also less sexy with themselves. And if they make meaning um, on that based on how this was compa- in the courtship stage, they can draw false conclusions 
about the quality of the relationship at this time. And what I mean is, in that initial courtship courtship stage, there's a lot of physiological response taking place, um, especially in terms of arousal and desire that sets your, your set point much higher than where you would normally be. So once you get into the the habituation and this, the later relationship development, you start to settle in to where you naturally are. And, and, pe- off- go yeah. ahead. and often a desire discrepancy exists. And if you're comparing it to before, you used to want to have sex all the time and now you don't, people may draw false conclusions about what that means about their relationship. Right, right. So how could you encourage people to get married? I mean, it sounds like, you know, keep it, stay in the courtship stage forever. What, what are some solutions for that? One or two things that you would recommend uh, to, co- to married couples who just feel that sameness, that, uh, that they're just living day to day with all the stressors and that they're building resentments and not liking each other's habits? One of the things that I recommend is um, first recognizing that it's not marriage or partnering that's doing this. It's just a natural progression in life. And what, you, what you're doing in the beginning when you're tuning in, you, you start to let some of that go. So I like people to be really solution or strength focused and think what was going on in those early stages that made us feel more connected and how can we incorporate that in in the long term rather than taking some of that for granted and letting it go. Right, and as you said that, I remembered my husband during the courtship stage brought me uh, a picnic basket, and we went out on on some rocks in a nice area near the ocean, and we just had lunch together. It was wonderful. It was that just an expected, unexpected surprise. Uh, let's move on to parenting. Uh, what does adding kids often do to romance? Sometimes people think it solidifies a relationship beforehand. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting what happens in the parenting stage. First of all, what we see is you can start to develop a de-eroticized view of your partner. So meaning when before they might have been you know, characterized in your mind as your lover, now you see them as a parent, as mom or dad, which can take away some of that, that sexual energy um, if you let it. We also see that parenting has a reverse bell curve effect on relationship satisfaction, and what that means is the transition to parenthood, with the transition to parenthood, we see a drop in marital satisfaction. Now, I really like to emphasize to people that this drop in marital satisfaction does not mean a drop in commitment to the relationship or relationship stability. It just means that they're adjusting to new developmental challenges, and there's a lot of stress and a lot of time and a lot of energy, but there's also a lot of reward and there's a lot of connection and, as I said, increased stability over the long haul. So just recognizing that this is normal and that they need to make it a little more of a priority to stay connected, which my husband did. He'd take me on little bed and breakfasts uh, periodically when we had when our kids were very young and it kept our relationship vibrant, um, that that helps, that that's a solution. Yes, yeah. you really want to keep, you know, you're, it's important that you're parents now, but you're not only parents. So don't forget that you're also lovers and you're also partners um, in, a, in a more intimate way and savor some time to foster to that enjoy part of your that. relationship. Yeah. Now, what about launching kids? The kids leave, you have an empty nest, and what are the some difficulties and some solutions? In, the, in this phase of life, we see a lot of role changes happening. So now you might have more time um, with each other 
home alone together, the kids are gone, and, and here we are, here we are together. And sometimes what happens is people feel like, wow, I don't really know what to talk to you about, I don't know what to do, or you're around too much, you're under each other's foot. So redefining those roles and those expectations is important. Um, another thing we see here is that people hold this limited or narrow sexual script that doesn't allow for age-related or developmental changes. And with physical aging can come health issues. Your body doesn't respond as well or in the same way. You might be taking medications that interfere. Um, you could yeah. be, have developed some body issues. But you issues. can still be tender with one another at that age, and you can still have romances my f- grandfather <laughs> shared with us. Listen, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been interesting to go through the life cycle. Uh, how can we get in touch with you if anybody would like to, Dr. Tiffany Kissler? Um, you can find me at the Couple and Family Therapy Program at the University of Rhode Island or the Center for Sexual Health at Psychological Centers in Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, thank you so much for joining us, Tiffany. Thank you. And I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and you're listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness. I need to feel important. Instead, I'm living in the shadows of her life. Her family and friends are everything. I feel invisible. I thought my husband's love would be enough to help him get over my affairs. Why can't he just forgive and forget? What does he think he is? Perfect? He's so selfish. How many lose themselves in a romantic relationship, feeling unimportant, taken for granted? Or perhaps they lie or cheat and think their partner should forgive and forget. I am Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist and co-author with Dr. Edwin Locke of the Romance Guidebook, The Selfish Path to Romance. Provocative title? I know. By selfish, we mean the self-valuing, self nurturing way to romance. You never want to lose yourself in a relationship. You want to create a win-win partnership to value your own and each other's goals and dreams. Discovering how to be true to yourself in a romantic partnership is learnable and key to romantic happiness. Check out our book with its daring title, The Selfish Path to Romance, at Amazon or SelfishRomance.com.